somewhere in Germany, but I can't place it. Man, I hate this part of Texas. Close my eyes, fantasize. Three clicks and I'm home. When I get back, I'll lay around, then I'll get. What's up, everybody? Thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode 80, and on this episode, we have a review of the most anticipated film of all time. I'm thinking of Endy Things by the master, the one, the only, Charlie Kaufman. It's huge. Get ready. Tom, Travis, you're here. How are you feeling? Sounds like your show, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> I, uh, it only took 80 episodes, but we're here. I didn't know this was episode 80. Mm-hmm. Feels kind of special. Yeah. It's... uh. Ocho Cinco, in in his memory, rest in peace. Yeah, that guy's still alive, right? Pretty sure. Oh wait, wait o- no, it's fucking Ocho, Ocho Cinco. Cinco. Jesus, <laughs> who's eighty? Was that Terrell Owens or was he eighty one? Start over, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, thank you. Um, what a fucking nightmare. Um, isn't there some famous football player that is? Eight? Is that Jerry Rice? Jerry is his Rice. number eighty. Okay, yeah. so I just fucked up my wide receivers. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, we'll be getting to that review a little bit later, but uh, first things first, it's been a while since uh, the Cream team has been together all at once. That was episode mm-hmm. 78, I think, right before I left for Florida. Mm. So, uh, Tom, you can go first. Has uh, anything changed? You, uh, What's going on? Uh, yeah, I bought a house. Um so we are in Everett now, and Vinny started daycare. Sarah got a job. She's back to teaching. Oh, she picked uh, the perfect time to get back to teaching. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so we are, um, yeah, we're going through some some new things right now, but it's all been good. Um, yeah, Vinny's doing really good in daycare. He started walking last week, just a little bit, but um still it's pretty cool whoa isn't he like four months old or some shit no not uh, four not four months jesus christ <laughs> closer to 14 <laughs> dude I, time means nothing to me anymore. i know i'm so know. fucked he's 14 months in like in like 10 days so he just had a birthday then not too long ago his first birthday yep. july 17 oh what the hell we didn't even get an invite what the fuck well it was pretty <laughs> low key as you can imagine <laughs> Yeah, only uh, the VIPs in Tom's life. There were like 30 yeah. people there and Travis, you, you didn't make it. <laughs> Gosh, what did we do for his birthday? We went to my parents for a while. That kind of counted. But, oh, was that the weekend that uh, we recorded the like 2020 Roundup episode? Because I know you said you were going to be like out of town multiple weekends in a row or something. Maybe that was one of the weekends. Was that ringing a bell? Tom yeah, busy. I don't know though. I really don't know. <laughs> it's okay, Tom. He's not gonna remember his first birthday, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not uh, he's he's probably not gonna remember <laughs> this Halloween or this Christmas or my birthday, no. which is the worst thing to forget. I know. Well, you still got so. some time before Travis's birthday is the next one. You're what, a month away, yeah. Travis? Your birthday is October 12th? 20th. Okay, I knew it was one or the other. I knew it was a t. 
a t- t- somewhere at the front. Ten twenty. <laughs> never forget. <laughs> Pretty sweet. Well, thirtieth. Happy for you, Tom. That all sounds like uh, very exciting. Probably stressful. Am uh, I wrong? It's the big three zero for you, yeah. Tom. Huh? Oh no, I was you know I was going with the tuss sound. Oh. The tenth, twelfth, the twentieth, and the thirtieth. <laughs> No, no, Tom I'm, just I'm, had I'm, his 30th. I'm like. already 30. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. I went to that. Mm-hmm. I was invited <laughs> to that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one who's turning 30 in four Fuck. months. Yeah, January. Wow. Yeah, big shit. Um, you cool. do a Zoom call for your birthday? Yeah, dude, it's going to be lit. Rager over Zoom. I'm going to pay Rivers Cuomo from Weezer to uh, do a private concert for me and my friends. <laughs> Hell yeah. Live stream. Yeah, dude. No, you yeah, got to pay. What's that celebrity website <laughs> where you can get web, uh, like celebrities to like, you know, say happy birthday to you on a Oh, uh, Cameo. Cameo. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe you could do a Cameo situation with Rivers. I wonder if how much a he would A Cuomo Cameo. A Cuomo. <laughs> Cool. What about you, Travis? What's going on? Same old, same old? Uh, for the most part. Actually, Matt, I don't think I told you. We're the listeners, but um, I also bought a house as well. What? You didn't yeah. tell me that. Well, it has not been finalized yet, so I've been kind of to to spread the news. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, what should I say up here? I mean, Anyone Tom said where he down? was. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's a pretty big area, so I should be safe. <laughs> uh, in the Lake Stevens area, yeah, Travis a little is bit joining farther the great, north. The Great Northern Migration. Hmm. Anyone yeah. else want to hop on that train? <laughs> I'm trying to get people to man. They're all Tom already stuck did. in their ways. But yeah, that should happen in the. Well, we should be moving in the next couple weeks, as long as everything goes according to plan. It's a Pretty big house, and it's uh, pretty exciting. What's the uh, what's the the footage? What are we talking here? Mm, a little over three k. Oh shit! Yeah, dude, Travis's place is it's a, huge. It's a monster. I'm yeah, excited. Damn, I'm never gonna leave. Is Chelsea just gonna start popping out kids one a year until you fill the place, or what? Oh no, we got other plans for that space. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have a movie Tell- room and a gaming room. Remind yes. me how many bedrooms you have, Travis? Five. Yeah. Other there plans we- for that There space. we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need two offices. And a yoga room. Ha- and the, the there's a media room that I'm going to turn into a theater room. And then uh, we'll see what happens with the other rooms. Ping pong? Yep. Ping pong and maybe like a sewing room for Chelsea. Put put a mini bar <laughs> in there with a uh, a keg and a liquor cabinet. Oh, he yeah. needs one room just for all of his fat heads. Fat heads? <laughs> you mean Funko? <laughs> no, no. no, fat heads. You're gonna get fat into heads. fat heads. You got a no house now. Way. <laughs> yeah. Although one fat head for every raider. So Matt, I did not know this. <laughs> Travis knew this, but um. On the street I live on, on in Everett, if you just go south, like, I don't know, six or seven blocks, is the Funko headquarters. I had no clue. I'm driving into downtown Everett, and then all of a sudden there's, like, a giant Funko Batman, like, on the the traffic lights above my head. Huh. Wait, so you didn't know that they were in Everett, or you just didn't know where in Everett? Neither. I didn't know they were in Everett at all. Oh, 
Okay. I knew they were in Everett. I I still don't know where in Everett. Did you know they were based out of Washington? No. I don't know anything about Funko. Mm. All I know is that they somehow are very successful. I don't get it. (laughs) I don't really get it either. I wonder when that uh, bubble is going to burst. I thought it would have burst like two weeks after I saw the very first Funko. (laughs) Which was what? Probably like 2010 or something when I first started seeing those. Yeah, they really started to blow up probably around like 2015 maybe? Was it the whole Marvel thing that really really got them going? I'm not really sure what the... I don't, yeah, they have a ton of licenses, or at at least at one point, so that definitely helps. And they're cheap too, so that for a collectible, I think that is enticing for some. Yeah, that's uh, fair. I point, pretty I much stopped buying them though, but I got a, I have plenty. So, <laughs> as of 2019, they are a 686 million dollar business. Jesus, I mean, oh. I, I guess I'm not surprised, but wow. Uh, cool. Well, congratulations to you as well, Travis. That's awesome to hear. Thank you. Um, as for me, you know, just, uh, staying inside. I'm an indoor kid. Gotta oh yeah. Keep away from the heat. Um, been gaming, gaming like a loon, as Jay would say. Uh, mm. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 remake just came out, uh, Thursday night. So, put some time into that. Not as much as I'd like yet, but. That game I'm, is I'm on that killer. train as well. It's it's fuck it's good, right? I mean, we haven't talked too much oh, about yeah. it, but it's it feels just like I remember. It looks great. It has all of the shit from the later Tony Hawk games that made so many it, memories. You perfected it. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of Jay, though, this mm-hmm. is a good opportunity to plug his new podcast. Yeah. Sorry, sorry if you weren't done with your Tony Hawk. Rant, Matt. No, no, uh, go ahead with the plug. So Jay, our lovely friend Jay, who's been a guest a few times, uh, he started his own movie podcast called Dudes versus Discs DVD. Very original. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, With one of his buddies, and it's uh, pretty similar in the style of ours, but uh, their main thing is that they are doing... I believe it's double features, and they buy the DVDs and uh, recommend if they are worth the money or not. So literally DVDs, or they're just buying physical media? Um, I don't know if it's specific to DVD, but I think that's kind of their whole brand that they're going for, so maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, they did buy Blade Runner on DVD. I don't know why you would do that, but... I don't know why you wouldn't buy the 4K. So I think they are sticking with the DVDs. I would <laughs> rather have like a VHS than a DVD. DVD is like I like your know. main console being <laughs> like a Game Boy Color when you could have like so many better iterations. Well, clever VHS. name though. They're available and more affordable. That's true. Yeah, I guess uh, if you're not a loser who cares about like the fidelity and stuff like you know if you don't give a shit why not you can get dvds for like 50 cents a pop i kind of wish i was addicted yeah i think he got i think he got both (laughs) of them like two for five on the that's what he said on the episode but uh, it was a good first episode it sounded like uh they've done it before which is a compliment and Mm -hmm. uh it was a pretty entertaining listen 
So I would uh, recommend it if you are a fan of this show. I think currently they're only on Podbean. If you can't find them on there, hit me up for the link. Um, got the direct one. But I think they're trying to get on the major platforms here in the next few weeks or so. Sounds like they're going to be on like a monthly schedule. Oh, okay. Well, cool. So, Jay's a friend yeah. of the show. Happy to hear he's got uh, some projects keeping himself busy in quarantine. So I haven't listened yet, mostly because it's, uh, it's not, like you said, it's, they're not on, um, I think it's overcast for, for uh, podcast listening. Mm. Um, so I'm going to subscribe to the feed as soon as they get, uh, you know, approved on all the, all the platforms, but yeah, friends Matt, of the show, gonna, friend of the subject, plug something else on the main line. Mm-hmm. So you <laughs> may have already noticed kind of came out of the blue, but, uh, we have a Tom, this might even be news to you. I don't know. Uh, we have a spinoff, our very own spinoff called cinephiles digest, uh, specifically catered to horror movies. And uh, we just had our first episode. Right? Yeah, dude. It's huge. Um, <laughs> Paris has been wanting to... <laughs> Paris has been wanting to collaborate because, um, you know, being stuck at home and wanting to be productive. She's been wanting to do something with me for a while. And uh, it's like, well, might as well uh, put it into the our feed, match the branding and, uh, you know use the resources we already have in place so the i can't upon... believe I, I wasn't consulted in this endeavor i know well, what a dick you're welcome I to uh, I I blame sign matt. off on this i blame matt <laughs> we have a hard enough time getting you on these episodes let alone <laughs> an additional commitment because the oh, plan is i make to like 85 percent <laughs> well the plan <laughs> is to do those episodes in the off weeks so that's like an episode every week I oh, imagine. Impossible. Yes. Okay. That's so whenever you feel like being on or can make the time, you're welcome. And the same thing applies to Travis. I think he's planning on being on probably most of them or Oh yeah, I'm going really to whatever ones you want to be on. I listened to the first episode. It it's dying for some Travis. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's missing that secret sauce if you know what I yeah. mean. <laughs> um, so but here's yeah. a question. Why don't we have our own Funko Pops? Like, if we want to build ourselves into a $686 million business, I feel like we need Funko Mats and Funko oh, Travis's man. and Funko Toms. Just got to get the word out. We're all, we're probably only a couple dozen listeners shy of that threshold. So, I mean, if we're Funko right Pop there. Is listening, you know, I mean, this we're is, not this giving away this license for free. So, <laughs> yeah, we're we going to sell our rights. We have to finance all our spinoffs. Well, no, what we need to do, since you live a couple blocks away now, Tom, we need to get some fucking stickers made, and you can just put stickers all over their headquarters. Get the Ooh. CEO's attention. He's walking into the office, and we'll be like, ooh, what is this? Why does Spider-Man have a Cinephiles Digest sticker on his crotch? <laughs> It'll be sold as a three-pack. It'll be huge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. It's going to sell oh, out. We can have Halloween sale. episode versions. <laughs> oh yeah i would obviously yeah, I be i would have a michael myers skin uh i tom, can pull out my good time costume that no one <laughs> <laughs> tom you would be dressed like tony collette from hereditary <laughs> it's gonna be huge uh, the wheels are already turning we gotta make it happen <laughs> tony collette from hereditary completely unrecognizable <laughs> um anyway speaking of tony collette 
Are you guys ready? Anything else you want to mention or plug before we uh, get into this featured review? Man, these segues are just hitting this episode. I'm on fire, dude. <laughs> I'm balls deep in a yingling. It's one fifty in the afternoon on a Saturday. I am feeling good. All right. All right. Let's do it, Matt. Let's <laughs> Let's dive in. All right. So the moment you've all been waiting for, I'm thinking of ending things. Uh, there's hopefully going to be a clip here. I know Netflix, especially right after a movie comes out, it's kind of hard to find clips. They don't post a ton. Uh, worst case scenario, I'll use like a clip from the trailer or something. But here we go. Jake, my boyfriend. It's snowing. Winter is coming. We have a real connection. A rare and intense attachment. I've never experienced anything like it. I'm thinking of ending things. Huh? What? Did you say something? I don't think so. Weird. I'm visiting Jake's parents for the first time. He hasn't been my boyfriend for very long. They really are looking forward to meeting you. I think of ending things. Hello? We're here. Oh, hi. Oh, it's all wet. <laughs> All right, I'm thinking of ending things is the new film from Charlie Kaufman, written and directed by, based on the book by Ian Reed. Plot synopsis is full of misgivings. A young woman travels with her new boyfriend to his parents' secluded farm. Upon arriving, she comes to question everything she thought she knew about him and herself. This one has been on my radar for um, quite a bit now. Even read the book, which Travis, you did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious. We'll, we'll get to that later, Tom, because uh, you did not read this book. Is that correct? No. Okay. So I'm curious to see how that played into your viewing. Um, did you guys both read it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I bought it, read it, let Travis borrow it. Matt yeah. forced it upon me. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's one of the few books I've read in the last probably five years or so. (laughs) Worth every second of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so this was a Netflix release just dropped on Friday, September 4th. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right, let's hear it. All right, before Matt spills his heart out onto the the podcast... um, I actually really liked this. Um, I don't know if reading the book necessarily helped, but um, when I was watching it, I was struggling to remember how it, the book actually ended. Mm-hmm. And so I was that would have been helpful, I think, because while watching the movie, I was struggling to see where it was going exactly. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, it is a very rich text, and I think um, subsequent viewings would definitely help and uh, make you appreciate it even more. Um, but I thought like the performances were amazing, particularly um, the main two leads. And I did also like uh, David Thewlis quite a bit. Tony Collette was good, but I feel like her uh, she had to cover a lot of range which it it was reminiscent oh sorry i didn't mean to cut you off go ahead 
Oh, I was just, yeah. Um, because she was kind of all over the place, it was, I don't know, it, her performance kind of stood out as like, it was kind of obvious that it was performance, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there is a definitely a, a disturbing, surreal element to kind of what happens at the house and her performance. Definitely reminiscent of Hereditary and some of the like crazy face, you know, the the shit she does with her face and the weird mm-hmm. laughs and definitely yeah, just like the the nervousness mm-hmm. of her her main character. There. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't call it hammy, but I would say she's definitely acting the most. Yeah, if, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any um, other yeah. general impressions? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I really like the way it looked too, like the cinematography. Um, I didn't realize it was going to be in like the four three aspect ratio or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think I'll I'll start there, open it up to you guys. Cool. All right. Should I go or do you want to go next, Tom? Um, I can go. I I also really liked it. Um, I was also very taken with the two lead performances, and um, I, I agree with what everything you said about the performances, Travis. David Doulis is that his name? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> he was good too. Um. I mean, I came away from the movie not really knowing what the hell happened. Not <laughs> necessarily that that was a bad thing, but uh, I think if it had been a little bit shorter, I probably would have liked it more. It felt a little bit less tight in the last the last third. Um, and I think its strongest points were probably both the car scenes and... Uh, I found the movie was really uh, affecting. You know, it had a very uh, palpable kind of tone and energy. Uh, it felt a lot like a horror movie at times, mm-hmm. um, without the horror. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I don't. I haven't even begun to try and interpret it, um, but there are tons and tons and tons of little clues that you could pick up pick up on and extrapolate from which i normally like in a novel more than i like in a movie but um you know not a bad thing necessarily Mm -hmm. sure well cool i'm glad you guys both loved it um this is going to come as a surprise to nobody, but I fucking loved it <laughs> so much. Like, honestly, I don't know where the ceiling is on this thing. Like, it's going to take many more viewings, kind of similar to Synecdoche, New York, where it's that like the text is just so dense and there's so many like disparate pieces that you have to try and connect. And, uh, but this, like the ceiling is made of glass. I look up and I can't even see where it ends. So honestly, this could be like the second best movie ever made. Event like it, honestly, like I feel like the potential is is there for behind Synecdoche. Behind Synecdoche, right? <laughs> Are you sure um, it's behind Synecdoche? I don't know. I I find I have a hard time believing it could surpass it. And the reason I say that 
is because this movie, I never thought I'd find myself saying this, but I think it's his most kind of obtuse movie. Like even knowing the details of the novel, um, it's very much exploring like the subconscious and there's so surreal elements. Like honestly, it felt to me like like Kaufman emulating David Lynch. There are so many scenes that feel like they came straight out of Twin Peaks. And there's, um, mm-hmm. I want to talk uh, in spoilers later about some of this stuff, but there's a, a dinner scene, an extended dinner scene that reminded me a lot of um, uh, the dinner scene from Eraserhead, just in that, oh God, it's, you know, it's a family <laughs> dinner, somebody's <laughs> meeting the parents and it's very strange and unsettling, but where Eraserhead is that way because of just like the nightmarish imagery and the like the chicken squirting fluids and crying like this movie's horror I feel like comes from it's uh uncanny dialogue and performances like there I feel like there's like some social contracts that are being broken in some of these scenes because oh the way God. that people are talking are just so uncomfortable and I feel like the the most of the mileage of the movie, especially in that middle that middle act where they're at Jake's parents' house, I want to get out of that house so bad. Oh my god! Like within <laughs> minutes of being there, you're like, oh god, this Time is so go. gross. Like I haven't been this unsettled by a movie in quite a while. Like you mentioned, Tom, there's really not horror elements in the traditional sense there's no jump scares there's no grotesque imagery um maggot-filled pig notwithstanding but yeah it's the atmosphere and it's the it's the characters and their bizarre kind of tangents that they go on um i and also the way it's shot it's like very claustrophobic and like um, there's a lot of like shadows and darkness. Yeah, very obscured. Like mm-hmm. the shots through the windows that are all iced over. You know where mm-hmm. you can you can hardly see the character's face. Yeah, and there's also a lot of ambiguity that feeds into the tension. Um, Dude, I had to rewind the movie a couple times. Like, did I really just see what I just saw? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. There are so many visual clues. There's so many clues in the language. There's so many clues in, um, like, the movie even breaks the fourth wall a couple times. There's a scene where Jesse Buckley's character um, is, like, narrating directly oh, yeah. into the camera in the car. And you're just like, what? Because it, it, it's so out of place. Like, I think prior to that, there was one scene where she kind of makes a look at the camera in the car. Um, mm-hmm. And then she's just all of a sudden looking directly. It's when she's doing that, um, her poem. She's performing that poem in the car. The f- um, um, does she do that twice or just once? I think just once. I think it's in the first car yeah. ride. I think that was like my favorite, my favorite part of the whole movie was that poem. That was really good. Um, and uh, one more thing I'll mention and then I'll, I'll pass the mic. Um, there are things that I just have no idea how to interpret in the context of the film. Uh, like, for example, the like 10 minute tangent about a woman under the influence by John Cassavetes. <laughs> like, I know what it's going for 
in the sense that she is clearly so knowledgeable and the conversation should have, the argument should have ended there. But then he's like, yeah, well, and then he tries to like argue her after she gave such a clear definitive argument, you know, it's, it's about relationships in that he won't just let her win that discussion. You know what I mean? That's how I read it, but I feel like it Mm -hmm. goes deeper than that. Cause that is a, that conversation goes on a while. You know what I mean? And I don't know, Maybe if I had seen a woman under the influence, there would probably be more thematic ties that I could see. For example, like with Oklahoma, there's multiple references to Oklahoma throughout yeah. the movie, the musical. I feel like there's something going on on a deeper kind there of. There were so many references that yeah, I. Yeah, there's I multiple didn't know. references to like all sorts of art, like even like Pauline Kael's film criticism. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's Tolstoy. one of the themes, right? Yeah, there's Tolstoy. Yeah. There's uh, the lowest hanging fruit with the the Robert Zemeckis jab, where it's just oh, like yeah. they watch this thing, and it's just like directed by Robert Zemeckis. It's like what Got the him. fuck? <laughs> that uh, was that where they did like the movie? The yeah, yeah. I laughed. I was watching it by myself, and I laughed out loud when the credits rolled. I was like, "What the fuck?" Is yeah, this? that was a good moment. And we haven't even said this. I don't know if you guys agree, but it's a pretty funny movie, too. Like, there are multiple times where I laughed out loud. Um, I was watching it with Haley, and uh, her friend Gina came over to watch it. I don't think either of them laughed once, but I I I was laughing multiple times. Early on, yeah, there were a lot of good parts early. Um, Um, Okay, someone else go. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of a hard movie to talk about just because it is so like rich and abstract, especially only seeing it once and not really having much time to like process it, think on it or even like hear other people's thoughts on it. Totally. Um, but yeah, I definitely enjoyed watching it and, um, I did like some of the, the conversations and dialogue and I think some of it you can credit to the, um, novelist and then, some you could probably credit to Charlie Kaufman because it's not like a direct adaptation. He's definitely added some of his own flair to it. Oh um, my God, but- dude. Like if this movie, <laughs> so basically this movie is, you know, that scene in American pie where uh, Jason Biggs is fucking the pie. Oh yeah. I'm thinking of ending things is the pie and Charlie Kaufman is Jason Biggs. He's just like filling it with his DNA. Like that's oh what God. this movie is. <laughs> like the the um kind of structure of the story very much mirrors the novel and there are mm-hmm. lines taken from the novel, there are definitely themes from the novel that are explored in depth, but We'll get to it later, but the ending in particular, I know you said you didn't really remember how the book ended, but the ending in particular is like the most Charlie Kaufman ass fucking head scratching kind of frustrating bullshit, you know, like I loved it, but mm-hmm. I thought You're I knew where like the, the movie last, was like, going. Five minutes or so. I would say the last probably like 15 minutes even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys catch that that was a full quote of from a beautiful mind? Well, mm-hmm. wait what what are you talking about there's a scene at the end where jesse plemons is speaking i don't want to give too much away oh when he's, he's accepting the the nobel prize yes. it's directly <laughs> that's from a beautiful mind john nash's speech in a beautiful mind oh my god 
Charlie Kaufman, you son of a bitch, Jesus! <laughs> I mean, th- that's one of the uh, the themes, right? I mean, pretty early on, I think it's Jesse Buckley's character makes a comment about how uh, everything is like everyone's personality is just someone else's thoughts. You know what I mean? Like everything mm-hmm. about who you are is just quotes, basically, and that is a definitely a reoccurring motif. Like, there's one moment. I can't remember who the character attributes it to, but they are talking and it's like profound and you're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. And then they say that's from whatever. Like you don't even know it's a quote until you think it's this like the character is just being like profound. And and then all of a sudden they're like, that's from whatever it was. You know what I mean? That was honestly one of my favorite motifs from the was from the film was that. Are we going to go into spoilers? Oh, for sure. But, I mean, is there anything else generally that you want to bring up before we dive into spoilers? I don't really remember the music. Oh, I love the music in this thing. What was it? Well, the main theme, um, like from the trailer, and um, it's the the music that plays when they first get to the house – and uh, Jake puts on that record. He's like, do you want to listen to music? And he just like grabs that record. The song that plays is, I, I don't know if I call it the theme of the movie, but it's in the trailer. They hear it earlier, like when the movie starts again later. Um, yeah, I'd have to hear it again. It's from, I don't think it's original music. I think it's from, it's a song that already existed, I think. But it's like strings and like flute. Mm-hmm. Kind of eerie, but beautiful. Um, do you guys love the snow? Yeah. Oh yeah. The snow was great. Great setting. Always. Killer snow. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, should we give star ratings and then uh, get into spoilers? Sure. All right. I, I mean, it's obvious. It, it's a five banger. First five banger of the year. Could go down as the best film of the decade. We'll have to see. Um, off to a good start. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and give it a five as well. I was a now, four Tom. and a half, but um, I, I think I'm going to bump it. Yes. It, it can only go up, right? <laughs> like it I really said. can. I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it'll go down. It's, um, it's something hard, else. Hard forever. I am already <laughs> eager for a rewatch. I honestly thought about watching it again this morning, but Tony Hawk was calling my name, so I didn't Not do Tony it. Not Tony Collette. But. No, different Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's get into spoilers. So if you haven't watched this movie yet, check the show notes. Go ahead and skip ahead. Um, Should we start with the ending? Because I feel like that is where the movie really gets uh, surreal and kind of obtuse. Uh, I mean, the janitor is butt naked following a character, like a cartoon rotting pig you know what i mean like it really gets crazy there's like Mm -hmm. a choreographed dance scene in the school that's reminiscent of oklahoma where they like stage i don't know Um, i have a couple i have a couple like high level questions before we get into the ending yeah okay okay my first one is when she says she's thinking about ending things i thought she was talking about suicide the whole time but yeah Okay, but I've seen some other people online talking about how she was referring to the relationship, you know, like ending the relationship with uh, Jesse Plemons' character. 
Well, I think it's both at the same time. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you can't have a you can't have one without the other. Um the other thing I was wondering is are we supposed to be like is that whole movie just taking place inside of one person's psyche? They mentioned schizophrenia eventually, like second half of the movie it mm-hmm. comes up. Uh yes, I believe that is the interpretation. That's what the book is. So mm. the book is the 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 general story beats like it's about this couple who goes on this thing and the narrator is the girlfriend and she's thinking about ending the relationship and the way that that book ends it's a lot more literal and kind of pulpy like they go into the school and she finds Jake like hovering over a, a body that's been like mutilated and then that's kind of when the personalities like merge and you realize it was just a guy, a janitor in a school. It, it mm-hmm. was all him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because the, uh, the book has the chapters are broken up with um, very short, like one or two pages of people in the community talking about what happened. And it's very vague, but as you read on, like they're talking about, Oh, did you hear about the janitor? They found him at the school with a blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, something horrible happened, but you don't know what until the end. Um, So Charlie Coffin's version obviously is a lot less literal and bizarre. (laughs) And just kind of eerie than that, um, mm-hmm. but but yes, I believe that is what is the takeaway that I Jake loved... is an older version, like the janitor is an older version of Jake, right? Basically, the during the dinner scene that we were talking about earlier, there's a part where uh, Tony Collette's character is like stammering a lot, and you can tell how much it bugs Jake, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then Lucy, the girlfriend, starts stammering in the same way, and it's so funny the way mm-hmm. he just. <laughs> gets so annoyed. <laughs> well, there's so many clues like that along the way, right? Like her name is not Lucy. She doesn't have a name. Her name changes multiple times throughout the film. Like I don't know if you guys were watching with uh uh the subtitles on, but oh, when she I had to speaks, turn them on after like an hour cuz characters were mumbling and yeah. it was hard <laughs> to make out what they were saying. Yeah, anytime yeah. she speaks, it's just credited as young woman. And that's part mm-hmm. of it. You're like, who, what is going on? Who is she? Like, why is her name keep fluctuating? She's his ideal girlfriend. Right. And when I was alluding to uh, things where I had to like, like, I think, Travis, you said you had to rewind a couple times. One of my mm-hmm. favorite moments in the movie is when she sees that picture on the wall and she's mm-hmm. like, why is you? Why do you have a picture of me on your wall? And he's like, "That's me." And I, it looks like it could be either one of them, right? Like mm-hmm. at least that's how I read it. I was it staring changes, at though. it. Does it? I feel like it's I think just so. ambiguous because it's like I, I think, didn't rewind, but I'm pretty sure the first time it did look like her, and the second time it looked like him. See, I, I feel like both times it's there's red in her hair. And the first time you see the image, you're like, what the fuck? Is this curly redhead? And then it zooms in the second time and it's still blurry, but it's like kind of blonde. And I don't know. I would have to rewatch it. But that was definitely the intention, right? For you to be like, maybe the image literally changed. But well, um, even like in the first five minutes of the movie, um, there's like the shot of the apartment and 
like Jesse Plemons character is either in the apartment or looking out the window and then it, it cuts away and then it cuts back and then the, the janitor character, well, you don't know for sure yet if it's the janitor, but you see like an old man looking out the same window or in the same apartment. Yeah. And then you see like the same like media later on at the house in like one of the bedrooms as well. Um, it's all, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's so many like hints to what is going on, but it is still like very um, like ob- obtuse. Yeah, it's up to interpretation, a lot of it. Um, okay, so the ending, it's probably, a, what, about 15 minutes, and they get to the school, and I thought that whole sequence was pretty... One, unpredictable, two, unsettling, especially before they get in the school where he they like have a fight and then they start making out and then you see Mm -hmm. the janitor like spying on them. He's like, I'm going to go talk to him. And then (laughs) she's like maybe dying in the car and then she gets out of the car and then ultimately, you know, that's that's what happens is the janitor you find you see the janitor in the car and you're meant to believe that he died in the truck but did you guys finish the credits mhm i did not so yeah. what i read though is that there are did you read it like, on wikipedia yeah <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> after the fact uh i just wanted to make sure that i didn't miss anything at the end after i turned it off but yeah so correct me if i'm wrong but you hear like noises from inside the car so you're it's like ambiguous as to whether he actually died or not is that the mm-hmm. case oh i thought i was hearing like like a mach- like a snow plow headed toward the school or something like you didn't see it but you could hear it in the background on wikipedia it is described as towards the end of the credits banging and worrying worrying can be faintly heard as perhaps an engine starting up leaving it ambiguous as to whether the janitor survived Huh. I mean, I it's Charlie Kaufman. I mean, it's maybe it's not that obvious. Maybe it is just to put that sliver of doubt. Like maybe it is just a tr- a snowplow. Maybe it is uh, somebody a sliver coming of in. Hope. Right. <laughs> um, I didn't really like that line in the movie. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's in the book. Um, where it's about like how humans basically can't live in the present because they know what they're mortality is and we're like the only animals who do that mm-hmm. and that's why we created hope yeah mm-hmm. I that love was a that great line. line so many good lines i mean that's what you expect from a, a charlie coffin movie right like there's a bunch of that that i was like one it's profound two there are lines that are disturbing and there's lines that are like i don't know it's definitely a movie that you have to be engaged with all the way through to even have a chance of maybe making sense of what the fuck is going on. You know what I mean? Cause it's just such a strange movie. And I love that about it. I feel like it's a, this is a merger of my two favorite things, which is like horror and psychological shit with Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you mean three of your favorite things? Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, I definitely, I don't know about you guys, but Big David Lynch vibes 
from the movie. Like just uh, especially oh, yeah. the dine not the diner, uh the it's supposed the, to be like Dairy Queen. Yes. Yeah. I was gonna say that. <laughs> that was super Twin Peaksy. Very mm-hmm. much so. Um yeah. Yeah, Love I mean it. overall I really liked what he was going for. Um it wasn't like the easiest to follow or understand everything, but I do like the the main idea that he's going for. And I do think he's a uh, pretty great director. I was pretty impressed with the direction of this. Because typically he's known for his writing. I mean, he he is a good film director as well, but I don't know, this one really impressed me. Yeah, I, it definitely feels like um, almost like a stage play, especially the mm. scenes in the house, you know, just the way it's framed. And it it looks like a house, but it also feels like a set. You know what I mean? Like just the way that the characters and the the house is decorated. Very strange. Oh, did you guys love the the bizarre jumps uh, in characters' ages where all of a sudden Tony Collette is just like, mm-hmm. you know, in a hospital bed and Jesse Plemons' character, Jake, is like the same. And it really just messes with your head. And I oh, do yeah. think there's there's tons of metaphors there that you can dig into like maybe it's a metaphor for they know the relationship is doomed but they make a comment about how people stay in poison relationships so maybe it's meant to emulate that that sooner you just find yourself stuck oh, in yeah. it and all of a sudden years and years and years have passed that's that one way to read it conversation like it's easier to just stay in a bad relationship than the alternative <laughs> right <laughs> Uh, there's just so much like honestly this movie is just still just buzzing all over my head and I'm still like grasping at things like an image pops back into my head Um, oh I loved the uh, the scene where Jesse Buckley's character is uh, having like an internal monologue and her character is walking downstairs and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden she's back at the top just like caught in a loop Oh, that yeah. was really cool. That like that's where Charlie Kaufman as a director is for sure coming into play. Like that's a a really cool motif and it's it's eerie and um I like the repetition of it. Lots of stuff like that that I think is only <laughs> only more more and more of that is going to be revealed on on rewatches, you know what I mean? Yeah. I do think the uh the makeup for like the aging effects were done really well too. Like um especially with David Thewlis, because we see him at the uh, dinner table and, you know, he looks like an older man, but he doesn't look that old. But then when it like cuts to him again in another scene, he looks fucking old. And like, I had already forgotten what he looked like at the dinner table. (laughs) So when I saw that scene, I was just like, so taken back. Like, um, I was like, man, he's gotten fucking old. (laughs) (laughs) And then when it started to happen more with like other characters and stuff, I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Because I had just watched Naked like a couple months ago, and that was like one of his first movies, and he's pretty young in that. And so to see him in this and then to see him aged quite a bit, I kind of felt bad for him, but then I I figured it all out. There are other scenes in the movie where they do the old makeup, but... It's almost like intentionally bad. Oh, well, at the very end, it's like comically bad. <laughs> That's that was strange, right? It's like they were wearing like, like not like corpse paint or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was. I still it, don't really know what to make of that. 
I kind of want to go back and watch A Beautiful Mind again. Yeah, it's like they're, they're supposed to look like puppets big, or something. I, I remember the age, the aging makeup in A Beautiful Mind not looking oh. great. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stretch. I'm speculating here, but I kind of wonder if that was uh, a little bit of a dig at A Beautiful Mind. Did uh, Who did A Beautiful Mind? Was that... Um, uh, Ron Howard. Ro- oh, was it Ron Howard? Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. I was like, was that a Robert Zemeckis movie? I couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have much more than that. This is definitely a movie that I need to sit with a bit more and uh, and rewatch ASAP. Um, but by far the best movie that's come out this year. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I had this movie already slotted in on my letterbox list at number one before I even saw it. Like, just put it at number one without a rating. I'm like, who am I kidding? This is obviously going to be the best movie of the year. <laughs> I've just had it sitting there for like two months. <laughs> and then uh, now I can finally uh, fill in the star rating. All right. Anything else before we uh, move on from the review? Uh, no, I think that pretty much covers it. Cool. What about you, Tom? I'm good. It's a good movie. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and move on to what we've been watching. Um, I've watched quite a bit, but I'm not going to talk about a ton. I just have a couple of things I'll mention. I don't know if someone else wants to go first. Otherwise, I can uh, rattle one off. I got to I gotta run for a couple of minutes. There's a, a baby situation. I'll be back. All right. Mm. Me and Travis will, uh, will chat. Hold it down. Um, well, here, let me, uh, since this, actually, no, I'm going to wait for Tom for this one. Um I watched a film called Orgasmo. Are you familiar, Travis? Uh, Trey Parker, like Matt Stone, or maybe it's just just Matt Trey Stone. Parker. Oh, okay. Yeah, the uh, porn star. I've superhero seen thing. it a long, long time ago, but I remember it being pretty dumb. <laughs> it was very dumb. Um, it's not a movie I had ever seen before. Like I seen basketball and I loved basketball when I was younger. Oh, yeah. That's but a I, banger. I had never seen <laughs> Orgasmo. Um, it's pretty dated. I mean, it's from the guy who did South Park, right? So you expect mm-hmm. some of the jokes to be like cringy and offensive in kind of ways that aren't as acceptable now as they may have been mm-hmm. in 1998. So there were definitely some moments where I was like, "Oh, really? Like this just feels wrong now." Um, but it was it was entertaining, and there were some moments that made me laugh. Um, but it's a it's a very crude, very absurd movie. Um, I think I ended up rating it like a two and a half. Um, so would I recommend watching it? Not really, but I was curious. <laughs> you know, I, I do still consider myself a South Park fan, all things considered, and uh, I do like what they do. So I was it was a a curiosity for me that uh, you had to check it off the list. Yeah. That did not hold up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What about you? You can rattle something off. Um, I've only watched a few things since we last recorded. I watched we own the night by James gray. Um, with, uh, with, uh, Joaquin and, uh, Mark Wahlberg, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Mark Mark Wahlberg's in that, right? Yep. Yeah. They're like two brothers and, One's a cop and one's kind of like a, I don't know, he's like a nightclub manager, but, you know, he gets involved with like drugs and a lot of illegal activity. So it's kind of like 
they you know they came from the same family or whatever but they've kind of chose different paths yeah um but i remember seeing this like around when it came out and i thought it was kind of just boring and like very just run of the mill for one of these type of movies you know like just like a crime thriller set in new york yeah um but i actually really liked it this time around um i liked the performances mainly joaquin phoenix um but yeah there's this one scene that is almost remnant i mean it's not nearly as good as it but it's it reminded me of it um like the the scene in oh my god i'm totally blanking on the show's name right now the matthew mcconaughey uh, true detective mm. you know the the one like the the raid scene oh uh, where they're undercover in that trailer yeah. park or whatever yeah so there's a scene that's somewhat reminiscent of that in this movie that was uh, very impressive, especially coming from James Gray, because I wouldn't really consider him like an action director, but it was a very intense scene. Um, thought it was pretty cool. But yeah, it's a it's a good movie, solid performances. Um, good stuff. Cool. Um, I can do another... I watched a movie called, um, uh, where the fuck did it go? I just had it in front of me. Come on, diary. Where'd you go? Oh, I rewatched, uh, the one I love. You've seen that movie, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always loved that movie. That's a movie that I like showing to people and I wanted to watch it with Haley and, um, still great. I mean, it's still five stars. It's, uh, Stars Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss. It's like, uh, you know, one of those indie high concept, um, almost almost science fiction. Like, uh, I guess it's more magical realism than anything else. But uh, I'm not going to spoil it for those who haven't seen it because it's on Netflix. But it's a relationship movie. It's about a couple. This might be a good uh, double feature with uh, the movie we just reviewed. Yeah, there's some similar themes there for sure about, you know, what you look for in a partner and the deterioration mm-hmm. of a relationship. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, still a great movie. Loved it. Um, and I rewatched Black Panther, too, in the wake of uh, the news of Chadwick oh, Boseman's yeah. tragic uh, tragic death to uh, to cancer. That in and of itself was pretty remarkable just the fact that nobody knew like he kept Mm -hmm. that to himself and a very close close close-knit portion of his family and he was struggling with that all through the marvel stuff you know what i mean like that's pretty crazy that he uh was able to do all of that well while that sick i'm very curious why he kept it private i mean obviously he probably has his reasons but one of the things i was thinking of is maybe he didn't want to make the movie about that you know, upon its release and all the press um, surrounding it, because that was an important movie for a lot of people. And I feel like if that news had broke before, during, um, it, it may have gotten overshadowed a bit by that. So I kind of respect what he did, whether that was his intention or not. Right. Yeah. So Black Panther, uh, still very good. Um, I do still have some issues with it, but I... Uh, teared up a couple times just you know in the wake of the news um Mm -hmm. that movie is just just so important to so many people and i i really love that about it Mm -hmm. and it's a very solid movie there's just 
some scenes of humor that are pretty cringy, like meme references. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of uh, some of the later action sequences, um, but still, since, still a great, a great movie. Since we're on the Marvel train, uh, Chelsea and I've been watching all of the Marvel movies and, so in the last couple of weeks, we watched Captain America, the first Avenger and the Avengers. I'll kind of group these two together, talk about them briefly. I haven't seen the first Avenger since the theater, so it was cool to rewatch that. It's it's decent. The thing that I struggle with most with that movie is like the, I don't even know what you call it, but the, like the special effects where you we have the skinny Captain America with Chris Evans' face on him. Mm -hmm. It just looks so bad. Like it just like pulled me out of the movie like the first hour. And then it was like hard to get me into the movie (laughs) once (laughs) that was no longer an issue. I mean, the last hour or so is solid. And and the first, you know, 45 minutes or so is just like setting up the story and all that. But man, I can't believe that like Disney or Marvel or whoever signed off on that because it just looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that about that movie. I've only seen the first Avenger twice, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember that looking pretty bad. Even then, it didn't look great. But now, years removed from it, it looks even worse. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would be okay if they went back and uh, touched it up. <laughs> pull, George, pull George Lucas. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, rewatch the Avengers. Don't really have too much to say, but... I do love the scene where it's basically like one shot and they like they get every character doing like a cool moment like during the big battle. Yeah. Like that is just an amazing little shot or sequence. I mean, I'm sure there was special effects to achieve that, but it was still amazing the way it was all constructed. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um Tom you uh did you get a chance to watch anything or uh or are you uh are you dry? Um, I watched TV. Um did I tell you guys that I watched all of Avatar the Last Airbender? I think you I had think started it last time we talked. It's great. I'm going to watch uh, Legend of Korra next. Um Sarah and I watched well, all Why don't of you wait Killing a few years and watch these with your son? <laughs> I think it might be a little bit of a wait. <laughs> um, watched all of Killing Eve. That show is awesome. I love Killing Eve. Yeah. Did uh, you, you even the that? third season? I've I've heard people are pretty mixed on season three. Season three is a little bit um, less. Uh, it's a little more aimless, um, which I think hurt it. It's it's not as good as the first two seasons, but it was still really good. I liked yeah. it a lot. Uh, I have not. I've not even seen a single episode of that. Me neither. It's it's awesome. You guys should check it out. Um, I watched uh, that Alone show on Netflix, mm-hmm. the season six or whatever they have on Netflix. That was good. Um, I feel like I watched other stuff too, but I can't remember it. Mostly just basketball. Oh yeah, we forgot to talk about basketball. You want uh, you want a, a power minute? On the NBA playoffs, or uh, are you good? Um, they're interesting. I'm really disappointed with how things turned out for the Blazers, but they just can't stay healthy at all. So, I don't know. What are you going to do? Their yeah. defense sucks. Um, 
I just I don't think the Lakers are good. I mean, they're good, <laughs> but like if you, but they're so flawed. They're a janky. They're a janky team. All they're like a teams. Frankenstein's monster of a team. Yeah, basically. yeah. All these teams are weird. Um, I mean, uh, the teams that make the most sense to me are like the Heat and the Celtics and Toronto to some extent. Um, but you look at all these other teams, like the Bucks and the Lakers, they seem so kind of top heavy and then they just have this island of misfit toys around them Um, (laughs) i mean that's not totally fair like there's lots of players that are good in their own right on those teams they just they don't feel cohesive uh the way that you know that a championship team often does yeah the clippers are probably an exception there i mean they're they're just they have so much talent on that team It's, it's ridiculous uh, I'm excited for the new the new generation of players though. Like Luka Doncic is so much fun to watch, and he's so good. Um, I'm enjoying watch. I enjoyed watching the Rockets beat the Lakers last night. That was fun. Oh, that uh, series already started. Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah. How about that Jazz Nuggets series? Gross. Gross. <laughs> gross. Gross. <laughs> I don't like the Jazz really for whatever reason. Um. And the Nuggets, I don't like Jamal Murray because there were there was a time there where people were putting Jamal Murray kind of like on Damien's level uh, in some conversations, and <laughs> no that really pissed on me that off. Level. <laughs> really pissed me off. So um, <laughs> I don't like him. Uh, I love Jokic though. He is so much fun to watch. He's so weird. Um. <laughs> But they're they're a weird ass team too. All these teams are super, super, uh, just bizarre. Um, and the and it's been showing in the playoffs. I mean, the Bucks are down three zero to the Heat, which is crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. You guys been watching it at all, Matt? Yeah. I think you've been watching quite a bit. Yeah, you know, when I when it's on and I'm not doing anything. I I was excited for the Magic cuz they took game 1 against the Bucks and then every other game after that I was just like you can tell watching the Magic that they're just not a good team. You know what I mean? Like right. and so many injuries like uh Jonathan Isaac uh he was out the whole playoff series and um Aaron Gordon, he was hurt so he wasn't playing so it was basically just Vooch. That guy's fun to watch, but like I didn't know he was he was good at shooting threes. Like I started watching, I had never seen him play before, and I was watching the Magic, and I there's just just like six eleven scrawny ass white dude is all of a sudden just popping threes. Like I know that's kind of where the league is at nowadays, but when he when he first popped one off, I was like, what? Since when do six eleven dudes do that? I mean, you a know, lot Durant Durant being the earliest exception I can remember. Before the league really got three heavy, you know what I mean. Yeah. But usually the, the big, big men do don't do that. Hey, yeah, Dirk could throw it from three. <laughs> Dirk but a lot of the... yeah, the goat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of that. the uh, the big men now too, though, like the centers. It, they don't even have to be particularly good as long as they can get like league average. It's enough to make to make your offense a lot better. So, right. you know, they might not be 
they might not really want to shoot threes and they might uh, you know not be like exceptional three-point shooters but as long as you can keep the defense honest that's all it really takes hmm. yeah it's been fun to watch i haven't watched a ton but uh, i usually wait until the end of the playoffs before i get you know too invested because i i'll watch the finals but you know i've mostly just been watching the magic i, I watched a couple blazers games or at least parts of them um yeah it's been a nice distraction that in baseball i've been watching a lot of baseball good shit can't wait for football <laughs> very close um okay well before we move on from tv uh i'll mention that i got super into Shit's creek have either of you guys watched that show no, no but Chelsea has, it. and she loves it. It's so good. You guys would both love it. It's a, uh, it's a Canadian show. It's got uh, Eugene Levy and his son Dan Levy, um, Catherine O'Hara. Uh, everyone is just fucking hilarious. It's it's about this like super rich family who kind of loses everything, and they they wind up in this town called Shits Creek, and they're trying to like get back up on their feet again. And just a really weird cast of characters. And it actually gets pretty heartfelt as the show goes on and you get to know the characters. Um, but just a blast. I mean, the episodes are 20 minutes. Uh, I've already binged all five seasons that are on Netflix. And then season six, which is the last season, is going to drop on Netflix in October. Because um, just, it just finished. It aired earlier this year in Canada. Um so I'm just wait, just waiting for that last season to drop so I can laugh and cry. Well, Good Matt, sense. if you want to cry from laughing, you should check out Dave because that show is hilarious. I I probably will. I'm skeptical, but I no, honestly, I was skeptical too. I was like, really, a show about Little Dicky? Like, I could care less. I mean, nothing against Little Dicky. It just seemed like kind of like a throwaway type of thing. But it is fucking funny. Like, I was legitimately cracking up during multiple episodes um and it's yeah i mean it's kind of similar to atlanta in a way just like how it follows someone's music career and um, there's like people from the industry and there's a lot of humor in it um i mean there's some drama too of course but um yeah it was really well done i was pleasantly surprised and cannot recommend it enough Cool. I'll probably give it a poke. Um, all right. Uh, not much more I want to talk about. I've got two three out of five star movies I'll mention together, even though they're not really related. Uh, <laughs> I watched A Mighty Wind, which is a Chris, uh, the only Christopher Guest movie. Or not the only one. I think there's one more left I haven't seen. But Christopher Guest is the guy who did Best in Show and uh, Waiting for Guffman. Um, he does like the mockumentary thing. That's kind of his his jam. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main reason I watched it is because I've been watching Shit's Creek, so I've been seeing a lot of Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. So I was in the mood, and it was good. It's about like a a folk music, like a a folk musician passes away, and they're trying to throw like a tribute concert, so they get together a bunch of like old folk bands so the the normal cast of characters from a christopher guest movie uh like um eugene levy Catherine o'hara um uh piper what's her name not piper parabo um parker posey parker posey's in it um it was 
it was good. It's not as funny as some of his other films. Um, but I will say, uh, Fred, um, God damn it. Why am I blanking on his name? He died within the past year. Willard. Fred Willard. Fred Willard is the shining light of this film. Like every time he's on camera, he's just so <laughs> fucking funny. He has this tagline. It's a, uh, it's, it's a, uh, what, what happened? But he says, what happened? Like <laughs> he just like is always going back to that, that line. Every time he says it, I was fucking dying. Um, he makes the movie, but like Jane Lynch is in it. Um, uh, Ed Begley Jr., John Michael Higgins, like a lot of people from those movies. It was it was solid, but I didn't love it. And uh, the Bling Ring, I finally watched the Bling Ring, Sofia Coppola okay. movie. Um, again, three star movie. Uh, I was mildly entertained by it, but I feel like the movie is very shallow. Like I was expecting there to be some sort of moral to the story but it's pretty morally ambiguous it doesn't really take a stand in any particular direction it's just a bunch of spoiled badly behaved teens stealing shit you know for status i didn't find it very interesting it was entertaining and i thought the yeah, performances were solid but I, it's kind of like uh spring breakers a little bit well, it was infinitely better than the Spring Breakers, but oh my um, god, <laughs> got to get the dig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no I, I was not super impressed, especially when the end of the movie didn't really go anywhere. I was like, okay, well, why did I just spend ninety minutes watching this? That was kind of what I was left with. Um, it was okay. Matt, I'm dying to hear your re-review of Good Time. I was saving that for last. Um, oh, okay, good. Yeah. I mean, I don't have anything else. I, I can do it right now. Um, I actually rewatched it and watched it again with the commentary oh, since shit. we last recorded. The things you have time for during quarantine. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Who's on that commentary track? Is it the Softies? Oh, everyone. The Safdie brothers, Robert Pattinson, Buddy Duress, uh, the young girl who's in it as well. I think like maybe a producer or two. It's just a fucking party. That's too many people. For it's actually pretty track. funny though. Yeah. But most of them kind of just sit Are there. Like Robert there. Pattinson rarely says anything. Same with the, the young girl, uh, Talia Webster, but it's mostly just the Safety brothers just going to town, but it's actually pretty funny. Um, Is not that... that you guys would, uh, sit through that, but, not for Glad that movie. It. <laughs> it's it, honestly, it didn't really change at all. Uh, it's still a good movie. I like it a lot. I mean, but my rating didn't change. It's still a four. It's entertaining, but I don't know. I just I don't really know. It makes me hard. I I, I wish I could see <laughs> what you see in that movie. You know what I mean? Like the music is good, but it's not. It's not something I would listen I, to on my own time. Like. I think I just love how like kind of bare bones and thrilling it is. And it's it's just got a, like a pulse to it, you know, that just keeps you going. Yeah, I I like the energy of it. I think that's what's what it has going for it, but I don't and know. I just there's I not enough say meat on those bones for me. I wouldn't say it's perfect, but I do think there is some substance there and I think it's a pretty smart movie too, like just the way it's constructed. Like one one example, and this is very minor, but like 
how Robert Pattinson's character figures out what floor his um, like brother would be on in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, that stuff is thrilling. He he's very clever. I like his character. Just the mm-hmm. way he gets himself out of situations is very interesting, and it's entertaining. But it doesn't. It's not like edge of my seat like oh my fucking god i'm having a panic attack thrilling it's mm-hmm. just like like you said there's this an energy that kind of permeates through the whole thing that is uh entrancing in a way but um i don't know i, I still also think, think like for its budget and and everything it's it's a uh, very impressive like it's a very low budget movie but i feel like they got a lot out of the budget like i think the movie looks great and like there's some Pretty. I mean, I wouldn't say like big set pieces, but there are some set pieces that you wouldn't necessarily find in a movie like of th- of this caliber um, in this you know budget range of a movie. Like the, I think the high scene is pretty thrilling and well done, considering how much money they had to work with. Oh yeah, for sure. It's it's a well done movie. I just um, it didn't pop like I it I thought it might on a rewatch, you know, just because Come you're on, so the, effusive the about theme it. park, the production value. Oh my god, so good! <laughs> <laughs> it's a solid movie, but uh, not much more to say about it. I I had a good time it's, with good it's, time. It's no, I'm thinking of ending things. <laughs> no, not no. A lot way. more meat on the bone there. <laughs> I I need a mind fuck. Good time doesn't mind fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I got. I mean, I watched some other stuff, but I don't have much to say. So I'm, um, I'm good. Um, Travis, you have any other, uh, watches you want to bring up before we, uh, get her done? Nope. I'm good. All right, Tom, you good too? I'm good. All right. Well, I'm thinking of ending this podcast then. Um, <laughs> good job guys. Got it in there. <laughs> yeah, got him. Uh, uh, I'm so, for Travis, I thought you had some in the chamber. You were going to fire off some some puns, and you didn't. Oh, no. There, I mean, it would have got old fast, but <laughs> we had to do that at the end. <laughs> um, do we know what's uh, what's coming up? I guess we could tease uh, episode two of the, uh, the Die Jest. Um, we're going to be doing the Wicker Man, OG and Nick Cage version. Mm. So, oh, yeah, I'll get the uh, OG one on my Voodoo account today. So you can uh, start prepping. Wait, you have? Do you own Wicker Man? Because I know the original is streaming no. somewhere. I thought it was I the. Thought I thought it was the the new one that you were gonna get on your Voodoo. Th- the new one is on Hoopla. I think the old one is not streaming anywhere. I, maybe it's on. Sh- I just saw it somewhere. Oh, maybe it is on Shutter. I'll have to check. I don't know if it's Shutter, but I did see it somewhere. Anyway, we'll, we'll okay, figure. Maybe that out. I want then. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> We'll take a look. Uh, so we'll be recording that in about a week. So the plan, hopefully, is for there to be a lot of content in the coming months. Um, as far as the mainline Cinephiles Digest, um, do we know of anything coming out in the past, next couple of weeks? I'm not going to be seeing Tenet. So. I'm trying to go see Tenet, but with me moving and stuff and theaters not being open close to where I live, it's going to be a little difficult yeah. Uh, closest theater I believe that is open is in Lacey, which is about 50 miles south. And Jesus. So that's probably a weekend trip, and my weekends have been busy and will be busy. So 
Who knows when I will see it, but I will risk my life for Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, Juan Possessor. Mulan? Wait, so what did you say, Tom? Juan Mulan. Dude, I'm not paying thirty no. fucking dollars to see that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, not a chance. Just checking. Just Especially checking. because they announced it's going to be on Disney Plus in three months. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can wait. For yeah, sure. I can wait for fucking Mulan. I mean, the live action remake. As important as that movie is to a lot of people for representation reasons and just the story, and I don't have any nostalgia for Mulan, so Same. I am not hyped. Are they going to keep the song in? I don't really. I heard they removed the uh, the little uh, dragon and a lot of the humor no. and musical oh, numbers. On. It sounds like it's more of like a just historical like stray, epic. Yeah, more than like a kids. The humor you know. and the music was the best. Those were the best parts of Milan. Well, they've been stripped and the length has been increased. So you might want to wait <laughs> a few months on that one. All right. Well, someone's oh, getting a call. Oh my god! On no, air. No, no. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. I just, I ended it. <laughs> uh, perfect it. opportunity, and you you missed it, Travis. <laughs> I'm thinking of ending this phone call. Come on. Um, all right. Well, I guess it's undecided what we'll be covering on the next app, but there will be something. Well, uh, we'll we'll figure it out. But, uh, no, but you guys need to check out the Possessor trailer if you haven't yet. It looks nuts. Yeah, I, I still haven't watched. I saw the uh, uh, that first teaser, um, but haven't mm. seen the full trailer. Yeah, Tom, do you even know what we're talking about? Are you aware of Possessor? No, Possessor. Dude, David Cronenberg's son. It's okay. his his new movie. What's his name? John John Cronenberg. Brandon. Jim oh. Brandon. <laughs> Some generic white dude name. Looks very disturbing. Oh yeah gonna be huge that's gonna be vod right is it doing like a simultaneous like limited theater run vod thing yeah where is it gonna play in here if there's no theaters open (laughs) right i mean i'm in fucking florida so it's a it's the wild wild west out here so i could (laughs) i could go to a regal right now and see tenet if i wanted to but i'm not going to um so anyway undecided we'll figure that out but thank you everybody for listening uh send us an email cinephilesdigest at gmail.com if you have uh suggestions for what you want to see us cover on the show uh maybe some questions you want us to answer feel free otherwise subscribe to the feed keep an eye out should be having weekly content hopefully coming in the weeks future from now killer way to end the show (laughs) Uh, just stumbling on my own words. Um, anyway, it's been fun. Thank you guys for joining me. Miss talking to you. Gotta do this more often. Maybe get some. I'll guess I can play Apex with you guys if that's what it comes to. But I want to talk to you guys more often. Hey, I'm down to game. There's lots of new games. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will be back. Peace. Later.
balls deep in a yingling, I think is a a delicate sentence that you should probably not use. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I hope I enunciated oh, clearly enough to the point there's no confusion. <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> I could go sideways real quick. 